This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 40 of the UU Perspective podcast, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you're already a member or a seeker exploring the faith, there is something here for everyone. So as you sit, walk, jog, or drive, enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. This week, you are going to hear from past episodes, all the quotes, because people love quotes, and all the answers to the big question of how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society. So you're going to get a variety of answers from everybody. So enjoy, and here we go. Margalee Belazare. And it's credited to different people, uh, and there are different versions of it. The one that I like most is by Ian McLaren, and it goes, Let us be kind to one another, for most of us are fighting a hard battle. Laura Kim Joyner. It's sort of within the UU world is Mary Oliver, the poet. I have done a spiritual practice of going through all her poems and blogging on it and reflecting on it. And so that's a huge inspiration for me and grounding. And so the quote that I have is from the end of one of her poems, which is actually in our hymnal. And it's called Wild Geese. And it's the very, the very ending where she says, no matter who you are, no matter how lonely you are, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, announcing over and over again your place in the family of things. That inspires me because it's by being welcome and interconnected to life on this planet, I believe we heal ourselves. And in healing ourselves, we are a greater resource for the many others and for Earth as a whole. Phyllis Smith. To take a breath and enjoy life and love the people around you. Cal Fry. Stop and see the serious, see the real, enjoy the moment. Connie Goodbread. One of the young people, one of the, and actually she's on staff now, her name is Natalie Briscoe. She heard me say this. She said these three things back to me that were my, she says, are my quotes. And they are, faith development is all we do. Unitarian Universalism is the faith that we teach, and the congregation is the curriculum. Hal Walker. Don't believe everything you think. (laughs) That's more of a book, that's more of a, a bumper sticker, but. Like the whole idea of believing in things. I, I feel like you know, the one thing I don't believe in is my own thoughts. And uh, you know, I think that in terms of my understanding of God, it's like I know that my thinking is not God. And um, yeah, whatever, everything, everything else outside of you know, this kind of... Uh, I know that there's a part of me that is God. There's that part of myself that under, that knows love that part of myself that is that is patience and that is peace 
but you know so much of my thinking is is distorted and uh and based in fear and based in self so i think that's a good quote kathleen mcteague so this is a quote from paul razor's book reclaiming prophetic witness if our religion plays a significant role in our lives then it must do more than simply reinforce the values of our culture in fact our values are often deeply countercultural given the public dominance of conservative religious voices today if religious liberals don't speak up no one else will know that there is another religious perspective yarlin daniels so my favorite quote is one by MLK, and it's actually on the wall in Washington, D.C. that has several of his quotes. And it is, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Darlene Pagano. What Cornell West said that I've really been mulling over since General Assembly is that justice is what love looks like in public. And uh, I just realized I am all for public demonstrations of love. Janet Mason. Yeah, my favorite quote actually is from Audre Lorde, the poet. And she has a quote, poetry is not luxury. Peter Morales. No other faith aligns with the emerging culture the way we do. And so no other faith has our potential to touch lives and change the world the way we do. Rachel Gore-Fried. Yeah, I'll share this quote by Arundhati Roy. She's a famous Indian writer and political activist. Um, She also wrote some famous books. So the quote is, To love, to be loved, to never forget your own significance, to never get used to the unspeakable violence and the vulgar disparity of life around you, to seek joy in the saddest places, to pursue beauty to its lair, to never simplify what is complicated or complicate what is simple, to respect strength, never power, above all, to watch, to try and understand, to never look away, and never, never to forget. Wonderful. And what does that mean for you? I think it just uh, sort of is part of my view on understanding world issues and trying to empathize with various different sides and viewpoints and to really respect different opinions and voices on various issues. Ariel Hunt Brondwin. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. That's from um, Jalaluddin Muhammad Rumi. So it's a Rumi quote, and Rumi's a favorite of a lot of you use. Uh, and I have that in my, my email signature, my personal email, and I've had that there, I don't know, maybe since high school. How does that inspire you? I feel you? like that definitely. Um, for me, it's, it's this, this idea of getting past the disagreements to, to kind of a, a phrase that I learned early on um, when I first started working for the CC was this phrase of like, you're talking to somebody and they say something that you totally don't understand or you think is just totally bizarre, that the next thing that you say is, well, can you, can you tell me more about that? Say more about that. This idea of, like, who cares what you think? What is, what is, being, what is on the table? And I think that's, you know, and, and, and this idea of, like, of um, like, a beginner's mind or sort of holy curiosity, this sense of, like, meeting, meeting the person for who they are where they're at, where you're at. 
Um, and that's, that's the kind of the image that I get when I think about what this field might look like. Susan Katz Miller. I want to share with you a quote from theologian Forrest Church. Unitarian Universalists are neither a chosen people nor a people whose choices are made for them by theological authorities, ancient or otherwise. We are a people who choose. Now, that quote really speaks to me, even though I'm not a UU. I think of myself as a UU ally or a UU fangirl. Um, But as an interfaith child, it's obvious to me that I am a person who chooses, who engages in the creative act of constructing my own identity. But I also feel that every human being, no matter what family they were born into or how they were raised, has that right and responsibility to choose their own spiritual and religious beliefs and practices and affiliations. So I see this as really a truly universal quote. All right, so now that you've heard those fabulous quotes, let's get into the big question and have 13 more great answers to it. And the question is, how is Unitarian Universalism, as a religious denomination, uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? And we'll first hear from Margalie Belazare. For me, when I look at just the homecoming I felt um, going in there, again, with the quote that I just said, as special as we are, we are not that special in that we have a lot in common. So I'm sure that there are a lot of other people out there like me who have been lost who and who are looking for a community, um, who are looking for a place where they can feel at home and be able to be themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think really this is the place and 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 I um, there's got to be a way for uh, you you to be able to get its message out a little bit more so that more of us more of us who are looking for that community um, to be able to find that community to find home and um, go out and bring some more in mm-hmm. I think so I, I think that's giving those who are looking, those who, um, who are lost, giving them sanctuary. I think that's how, um, that's how you, you can do that. Yeah. All right. I don't know if I answered your question completely, but that, no, I know for yeah. me, that's what, that's what's pressing. That's yeah. what's important. Laura Kim Joyner. There's the word unique. And I think there are several organizations or groups or movements that are doing this. But here's my rah-rah for the UU piece. Is that we have a history of questioning how it is that humans organize themselves from the very beginning. It's not the priest that decides. It's, It's not the parish council that decides. It is the individual relationship with God with the whole or with the spirit of life. And so we question that somebody else's ego or economic concerns and power privilege can dictate how others should live and how they should flourish. So we have a strong history of questioning that. And the world is shifting and growing into new ways of organizing human life. 
And that's life based on the individual well-being and on community well-being. How can we do businesses in congregational life where the human spirit matters? And this is in business now. It's taught more in businesses than it is in our congregations. And we are a wonderful laboratory for this new model of community organizations where we live not for ourselves but for the betterment of all life together. And we are positioned not only because we're a lab for that, which is what other organizations and congregations have in common with us, but we have a long history of being based, I'll say, on reality and on science and using those as tools and not just doing knee-jerk ideology to govern the way we come together. So it's our, our science, reality-based questioning and using those tools to organize us in a way based on heart and spirit for the greater good. Phyllis Smith. I think it gives people a vessel in which they can stop and really feel the wonder of life, share it with people around them, and, and just really internalize that to take it out into their lives and take it out into the world. And it really, really can change the way your life goes, the way your life has lived. Cal Fry? I, I think one of the things that's unique about UUism is that rather than hand you a dogma and hand you a set of beliefs and say, follow these rules and things will be good, there are people, there are people for whom that works very well, and there are people that want their own responsibility for, for following that. And, and that's where UUism, UUism shines. It is. You build your own path. We are here to help you on that. But think for yourself is the mantra. Mm -hmm. But do so with respect. Do so with love. And we are a community to support that. Connie Goodbread. Great. Well, I, so the, the first thing that I, that I mentioned was we have three pillars, and I've already talked about covenant. So we are a covenantal, not a creedal faith. That is different. Now, it's a little bit like Judaism, because Judaism is also a covenantal faith. And we could say that, that we have some things in common with a lot of different religions, but if you put all together what it is to be a Unitarian Universalist, you see how uniquely we are positioned. So the first thing is covenant. We're covenantal, so that means how we do what we do makes all the difference. So how we go about making change in the world, being together with one another, how we treat all people. And so that means covenant, we'll write a covenant with our congregation and practice it in our churches so that we can carry it out into the, into the rest of the world. So covenant has to be an agreement on how we will be everywhere, with everyone. So not just with the people in our congregations where it should actually be fairly easy, which sometimes it's not, but it should be, but also out in the world where people do not agree with us. So how do we treat the person? And I'm not saying that, any, that this is easy, any easier for me than it is for anybody else, but how do we treat the person with whom we disagree so strongly 
uh, that it that it makes us uncomfortable. So how do we how do we approach different political points of view, different religious points of view, and and hold in our hearts the deepest love we possibly can for that individual person. So that's that's really being in covenant. So the first pillar of Unitarian Universalism is that we are covenantal, not a fatal faith. The second pillar is that we are a pluralistic faith, not a fundamentalist faith. So for us, all paths to the truth, all paths that lead you to a good heart, all paths that love the world and love creation are good and true. We aren't the people of the one path. We're the people of the many paths. And so we, 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 we could just appeal to so many different points of view, so many religious uh, points of view, and, and, and tend to be, a, we tend, though, to, to fall back into some of our fears around religion in general and, of course, around power and authority. But it's really important that we that we maintain our pluralism, and it makes us different. Now, you know, somebody could say, "Well, that's a little bit like Hindus have a lot of pluralism in in, in their faith." Yes, uh, but you put covenant and pluralism together, and, and again, we're just a, a little bit different. Um, and then the second, the third thing is that we're a living tradition. Um, I definitely say we're alive, not dead. But um, what that actually means is that that we are the people who believe that revelation is open and continuous. And that is a James Luther Adams. Uh, that's one of his five moonstones of religious, uh, uh, religious liberal religion. But we believe that that revelation is open and continuous, so that all human beings have not only the, the they have both the right and the responsibility to have a relationship with the divine, the holy, the creation, whatever word God, whatever word it is that you're comfortable with, and that at any moment any of us could be touched by the divine with some sort of a brilliant idea, a brilliant insight. And and therefore, all human beings are capable of having this insight and should be and should be considered the holy children that they are. And and so we are we like to believe that we're the people of change, so because we're a living tradition. Um, sometimes the, the change that we that we tend to be most comfortable with is technical change. <laughs> um, so if you can buy a new computer program, that's really cool. But um, what we have to focus on is that it's also emotional and and relational change that we have to be able to to uh, do and be adept at. So if you combine those three things. That's a pretty amazing spiritual discipline. Hal Walker. You know, all I feel like all I know, all I really know about is my own congregation mm-hmm. and maybe my 
my experience at Summer Institute. And I've had some experience. I also am associated with the UU Musicians Network, and I've been to a couple GAs. You know, one thing that I don't know, well, this, this is a challenging one for me because I don't really know how it's uniquely. I think uh, it's unique in that there's a lot of freedom, freedom of expression. You know, I, as someone, you know, as someone with, with questions and with some faith and some doubt, I'm, I am free to express. But the question is, if that's really what we need, if what the, what the world needs is more self-expression, like, I feel like that's, that's sort of the easy answer. Easy answer is, I, you know, we accept everybody and, I'm a little hesitant to congratulate ourselves for our for our amazing diversity and inclusivity because I look around and people are pretty much mostly just like me. So, uh our humility, I'd like to say we're a humble people, but I'm <laughs> but I'm, you know, working on humility myself. Kathleen McTeague well, I have trouble with the word unique, um, mostly because I think one of our weak points is that we tend to see ourselves as unique, and that has become quite important to us in some sense. I think that we are positioned very well as religious liberals, but we are not the only religious liberals. So I think it's important for us to remember that so that we do not shut ourselves away from people who are our natural allies on most of the issues that we care about. But having said that, I think that the thing that, that is most important about us in society as it is today is our um, basically our inherent commitment to diversity and the way that we elevate that as a part of our faith. So what we are capable of doing is going out into the work of our world with a profound appreciation for differences and for the richness of differences instead of feeling threatened by differences. That's at our best. I'm not sure that we always live out of that place. But um, the phrase I, I ask people to hold on to as a way of really reflecting our, phrase, our, our faith is not the term tolerance of difference, but rather the term glad curiosity. I think at our very best, what we bring forward into a very diverse world is glad curiosity that is constantly prodding us to say, tell me more. Darlene Pagano. Unitarian Universalists are uniquely positioned to be leaders uh, in social justice movements uh, for all other faith communities as well. Uh, we can stand up and step up to, uh, to both lend our voices as, as a faith community, but also help with the, the connections, why uh, churches and other um, faith groups would be involved and interested in the um, issue at hand. We are built, uh, we identify ourselves as folks who stand up for social justice, social equity, and uh, we can just be that model in in all of North America, where where we are um, most populous, 
and, um, you know, and, and stand up early. That's also very important uh, to, uh, to not wait, uh, wait for it to be a better time or a better situation. We come from two uh, denominations which each have spectacular histories of being on the correct side of ju- for justice. And, uh, and it just keeps growing and growing and becoming more and more central to our denomination, our, our religious movement. And uh, we can help all other denominations and religious organizations do the same. Janet Mason. Well, as I mentioned before, the uh, diversity, which I've experienced, the religious diversity, and and in many congregations, the racial diversity and ethnic diversity, is really how the world operates. And I think that if we learned, if we sit next to people who are really different from us, but we respect their humanity, um, and then we learn from each other. I think if we incorporate these values into the larger world, then we'll have a different world. Peter Morales. No other faith aligns with the emerging culture the way we do. And so no other faith has our potential to touch lives and change the world the way we do what we have. Now back to the question. If we look at the growing culture that accepts diversity, uh, embraces ethnic, racial, cultural diversity, and, and that culture that wants to learn to live both peacefully and sustainably on the planet, um, and that believes all people have worth and dignity, that is a rapidly growing movement in America. Uh, people who accept, you know, uh, just look at the numbers on the acceptance of, of, of uh, LGBTQ uh, relationships and rights. Uh, I think that's a leading indicator of that. So that, that no other faith, Unitarian Universalism aligns with that emerging culture more than any other faith organization. And because of that, no one else has our potential to touch lives and to change the world. And that's what gets me excited about being a Unitarian Universalist and about being president of our association. Rachel Gore-Fried. You know, USC has a really interesting take on advancing human rights, and it's really about the eye-to-eye partnership model that works on grassroots collaboration and that works with these groups to understand what are the, um, the, the social constructs that are oppressing them and how can we work together on innovative approaches that have measurable impact to create change and to really help those achieve the power, dignity, and their rights. So I think that UUSC's mission um, in advancing human rights and social justice around the world is very unique and that we're going to have, and that we have had and we will continue to have a lot of success in confronting unjust power structures and mobilizing to challenge oppressive policies. Ariel Hunt Brondwin. So I was thinking about this and I, one of the things I think that is somewhat unique to us is our, the way that we talk about shared ministry. I know that other traditions have lay folks and clergy and work together and there's lay ministers and other traditions, of course. But my sense is that it's not as central to the way that we understand how we work. And that shared ministry, this idea of 
anyone can can preach and anyone can serve in a leadership capacity and it doesn't matter matter who you are like if you're called to step into that kind of role there's there's a space for you and i think that that's that's really powerful it's certainly for me as a like as a young person growing up to see not just the minister um be able to speak from the pulpit but that lay people are invited to do that too to me that's a really powerful thing and i think that that in terms of how does that mean or position to serve and impact society I think it says something about authority that it can be shared um, and not doesn't have to be so concentrated in sort of a few people. But I think it, it sort of speaks to a sense of egalitarianism that I think is really increasingly important as it seems like in North American society anyway, power and wealth continues to be more and more concentrated among less and less people and in less and less democratic ways that I feel like are rootedness in sharing leadership is really important. And this one will be Susan Katz Miller, who will be answering the question based on interfaith families. That's easy. You know, because it does not insist on a creed, on a dogma, it's in a great position to welcome interfaith families when both parents want to maintain their religious identities. And, you know, there's a big overlap between the rising categories of religious nuns, N-O-N-E, and the spiritual but not religious, and interfaith families. You know, it's this, this changing and shifting American religious landscape. And with the rising number of interfaith families and millennials exploring across those religious boundaries, I think UU communities are going to have great appeal. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the UU Perspective podcast. I really appreciate the fact that you do take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. And if you found one of these quotes inspirational, tell us which was your favorite. And if you go back and listen to the first Baker's Dozen of Quotes and Questions back in episode 14, uh, you might find one there, too. Let us know which one you like there. And hopefully that makes you think about that question, the big question. And if you have an answer to that and would like to post uh, an answer in the comments, feel free to inside of this episode at the uuperspective.com website. Or if you'd like to leave a, a 90 second voice message on SpeakPipe, please feel free to do that. You'll see the button to the right on the page. So until next time, have a great week and we'll see you then. Thank you.